about the messy thing. Anything else on the messy front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you, I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This messy thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I don't want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the hair are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 86 of the Better Hair. What the hell is that? Okay. 86 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. KBD. How are you doing, sir? Man, this is it's a great week. Great week. It great is. week for soccer. Great week for football. Saturday is going to be a huge day, and, uh, and I'm ready for it. I am super ready for it. For sure. I mean, it's the first final in history. And we have a special guest we, uh, that we're going to pre- help preview uh, the Nashville game. But before we do, I did want to ask you one quick question before we get started, Chris. We didn't touch up on it much last game. Actually, we were kind of hyped that we won. Yeah. We said the goal, like the main goal, right? You want to win trophies and everything. But the main goal was to make it the Champions Cup next year. That was the goal. If we could do that, we're happy, right? Because you want that international competition next year. We made it to the final. We're in, right? So would you say that this season already, no matter how it plays out from here on out, was already a success because we know we are in the Champions Cup next year? I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's considered already a success, even if we don't win, just for the simple fact that you I mean, we're seeing like the changes, the positive changes that this team is making with all of the new additions. So. I think most definitely, yeah, it's it's already a success. Obviously, we want to keep that same energy. And 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 Lucho Lau mentions here in the chat, we lighten fireworks. Uh, well, and and Edward, thank you for 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 keeping tabs with us, brother. Much appreciated for keeping on with us. For sure. And uh, and Rohan, you know, thanks for staying staying up or waking up early. I don't know. Um, well. But one thing I wanted to mention was Lucho Lalo mentions we're lighting fireworks if we win Saturday night. I mean, hell yeah. I mean, you got to keep that energy. Look, Nashville's a party city. Don't uh, Nashville. Let, let me tell you something. Nashville can get down. It's the, maybe some people don't think of it that way because they think Miami and, and L.A. and stuff like that. But Nashville, Nashville gets down. And we'll, we'll ask Uncle Matt about that in a little bit. But Nashville can well, get and- it done. And and, th- and this is a good question by Marcos asking if it's the first final for Nashville club also. Yes, um, it is. So that that be a that be a good question to to put well, in the chamber. Well, the storylines and, and I guess I'll, I'm, when we have Uncle Matt on, I'm about to bring him on right now. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna ask him this question, but I'll ask you before we bring him on. We say Orlando is our rival, solely based off of geography, right? Because they're the closest team to us. But much like Lucho Lalo just said. Nashville came into the MLS the same season as we did, right? So yeah. the comparisons were already there. Inter Miami got all the attention. Nashville didn't get as much attention, even though they were better. And they have been better since they've been in the league. We haven't been as good as Nashville. Yeah. But we still get the attention. That first kind of playoffs that we had in 2020, where they allowed like 10 teams to make it. Our first playoff opponent, if you want to consider that a legit playoff, was Nashville. They beat us 3-0. And now our first final appearance, right, our first opportunity at a trophy is also their first opportunity at a trophy, and we're matched up against each other. I mean, the storyline writes itself, but my real question is, is this going to be a rivalry? Like, Orlando, because of the proximity, but is national like a legit rivalry that's going to like after this game, right? Because if we lose, we're probably going to feel a little better towards Nashville and vice versa. They probably already feel a little better towards us because we get more yeah. attention, even though they've been better since we've been in the league. What do you think before we go ahead and bring in Uncle Matt? I mean, I could definitely see that. I mean, there's people there's people that are mentioning, obviously, because we came into the league at the same time. I could definitely see something like that. I mean, look. It's like you mentioned, Orlando is, I guess, the 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 because of the proximity, the easiest to call a rival. I mean, if we're talking about proximity, they're legitimately the closest people. Like, we're never going to call Atlanta a rival or uh, any no. other team a rival. 
But I do see that this can be able to build into some sort of rivalry just for the simple fact that we both came in at the same time. And in reality, Nashville's built a pretty successful tenure the last couple years. So now we kind of have to level up to, to, to where they're at. You know, obviously with the in, influx of the players that we have now, it's going to be a little bit easier. But we still got a, a, a long road to to tread when we're talking about that kind of thing. And, and Morrow is mentioning in the chat, inner Miami team is way different. A thousand percent. That oh, is no, a thousand sure. percent oh, facts. Sure. It's completely night and day and night compared to what it was just a couple months ago. Yeah. Well, and uh, real quick, La Familia No Andona, I do know that although the prices are insane and they did price gouge our supporters groups when they were going up there, we're still making the trip. There's still going to be a large portion of La Familia representing out there. And I'm really happy to know that a lot of people are going to be out there representing. So I'm looking yes. forward to it. But without further ado, the man of the hour, Mr. Nashville himself, Uncle Matt joins the show to help us preview the game. How are you doing, sir? Doing pretty good. Been a you know crazy week. Uh, it's only just the beginning. A lot more to come, obviously. Oh, yeah, a lot more to come. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the tournament so far? Because, I mean, I know that America win was kind of weird. But outside of that, you guys beat Monterey, which people thought would be the favorites. And you guys beat, um, I'm slipping up on Cincinnati. Cincinnati, the best team in the mm -hmm. league right now. So you guys have beat the big dogs so far in this tournament. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting because I think, you know, we were – coming in on kind of a skid. I think we'd lost like six out of seven in MLS coming into the tournament. So there was a lot of like, uh, this would be a good chance to just reset. You know, there was a lot of fans who were like, you know, if we go out after the group stage and just have like a month to kind of rest and recuperate, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But it's one of those things where, you know, as soon as you catch fire, as soon as you make a run like we're on, the energy comes back. Everybody's like, that skid we were on before the tournament's completely forgotten. Everybody's static. The Monterey game Tuesday night, like is has been as fun a night we had at Geodes Park as anything. And, you know, till, as you guys kind of mentioned a little bit, till everybody saw the ticket prices the next morning, that, that took a little bit of the steam <laughs> out of it. But uh, yeah. from like Tuesday night till about uh, 10 o'clock Wednesday morning, it was a really nice little like 18-hour stretch for Nashville SC fans where everybody was pretty fired up. Like I was tweeting out stuff like, are we just all going to stay up all night like and just go around the horn on this one? Is this, we just going to keep doing this? Because it was pretty crazy. It's one of those things where like I think like we – when League's Cup was announced, it's one of those things you look at, you're like, yeah, you know, we're usually pretty good net knockout type situations. Gary sets up pretty well. Maybe we got to run at this. And then we went on that skid and it was like, ah, you know, I don't know what's going to happen here. And But then since uh, probably since the Cincinnati game, it's it, it kind of reignited. Yeah, well, you guys lost and to you Cincinnati right before then. To, so to beat them in the tournament must have felt pretty nice. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good one just because, like, there's, like, a weird – you guys were mentioned rivalries. There's like a weird Cincinnati doesn't want to be our rival. Like uh, we've been playing them since the USL days, but they want to be Columbus's rival, which makes sense. You know, Ohio versus Ohio. Right. Right. But we've got a lot of history of playing against them. It's, you know, it's not that it's like a three hour drive. Like we don't have anybody that's like within like 30 minutes of us. And like, we have like a good regional rivalry. And I think it was fun to have them as our rival because up until this year, they were like, easy to beat and it's fun to always beat your rival so i think that's why they didn't want to be our rival because it's like right. wooden spoon winners year in year out always lose to us but then this year uh they, they did the double on us in league play so that was our last chance to kind of get one over on them there so that was an extra kind of special one it was a bonus away day for like a lot of our fans that went up there for an extra kind of away day up the road there so needed that one for sure that was uh, i think that was one where it's like you beat this team and it kind of gave us a little bit of extra confidence of Okay. Yeah. All right. We're, we're we're coming back. We're we're more like the Nashville SC. We have been at our peak as opposed to what we were the last like month or so before the tournament. I, I wanted to ask a question about I wanted to ask a question about tickets, but before I do, I want to get to a, a real critical comment here. So, well, morning uh, to you, upside down with Chris. But right here, Lucho Lalo, this is how we could tell that you've been listening. You, my friend, <laughs> get a round of applause. I don't know if you remember this. Lucho Lalo. Here or in Nashville. I don't know if you remember, Matt, that we were talking about Tootsies and you had mm -hmm. mentioned there's a Tootsie mm -hmm. over Nashville. So 
that's how you could tell that Lalo, you are paying attention, my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to get back on the path, right? I was looking at the ticket prices, and I, I messaged you a little bit about it. And right now, the t- the cheapest ticket price is four hundred sixty five dollars, which I mean, there's so many tickets available. At some point, some of these people have to come down with their pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, as far as being a local and, and knowing a lot of people, how, how do you see things panning out over there in terms of, I guess, the people's purchases, the resale market? Are they are they reacting in a way like how Philly did, where they're trying to push the the, the home fans to not sell their tickets? Like, what what's this? What's the sort of vibe out there? I mean, there's definitely like, you know, our fan base on Twitter, those of us that were lucky enough to have been opted in and got our season ticket prices for the game, or definitely there's a lot of people that are like looking at it going, like, for example, my tickets for the game are $46 a pop, the face value for like the, yeah, that's, so yeah, so that's what they are for a normal game. That's what I got because I opted in at the start of the tournament. I looked online because like at first everybody was like kind of posting like, hey, season ticket members, we get the chance at first grabbing some tickets. Go on, grab yourself six extra. Make sure you're giving them out to Nashville SC fans. Make sure we keep the home advantage. And everybody, like, it's always funny to watch these type of things happen on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now. Everybody simultaneously was like, oh, yeah, I'm not buying six extra tickets to this game. I'm not even buying one extra ticket to this game. Because, like, I looked at my row because, like, my sister-in-law was like, hey, if there's any way you could take, you know, your nephew to the game, he would love to go. Obviously, big deal type thing. So I looked on my specific row at Geodas Park the face value for single game ticket was $700. So I saved like $650 by opting in at the start of the tournament just there. But then that's also turned around where there's definitely season ticket members who are looking at that going, man, so I got this ticket for $50. It's going yeah, for what it is on the next one. Yeah. There's a, and there's, so there's definitely a movement on like, you know, social media and around like, Hey, hold your tickets. Don't sell out, you know, stay to the game. But I mean, like everybody's got their own personal financial situation where it's like, if you're getting like, percent yeah, some kind of crazy money. Like, you know, I, my buddy that I sit with was like, should we just like throw ours up for like 10,000 bucks? See if anybody like bites on some crazy, just put up like a crazy number like that. See if anybody bites. But I, I'm, I'm like, this is like a one-time thing. Like there's never going to be this exact situation. This is that exact type of situation again. Like, yeah, it would yeah. take a, it would take a crazy amount for me to even think about selling mine, but there's definitely some fans who are like, you know, this is on the other yeah, side of it. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, everybody's financial situation is different. So like if you're looking at somewhere, you're like, this can pay a few bills. This can, you know, buy a few diapers if you got kids. I'm not going to judge anybody on that regard. Like, you know, I certainly want us to keep home field advantage as best we can. But at the same time, I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, don't sell your tickets. You're you're a sellout if you sell your tickets. Because like (laughs) exactly. Everybody's situation is a little different. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you had to take a guess, though, because you know your fan base better than obviously us or anybody else. Um, would you say that Nashville is going to be heavy favorites as far as numbers in the stands, or do you think it's going to be like a, like a, I mean, I felt like Dallas was pretty heavy messy. And be, and before you answer that question, Matt, I, th- when I saw the Dallas game and I saw the Philly game, especially Philly, I didn't think that it was going to be such a strong show out uh, on, on inner Miami and Messi side. Mostly Messi, obviously, people with Barcelona and Argentina jerseys. But, man, I mean, it's hard to control that. I, I, these people are willing to pay top dollar to get some seats. So, I mean, I guess back to the to the question that Danny was asking. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Like, a lot of, like, the uh, bigger, you know, social media presences we have seem to all be able to be going. There's a few that have, like, kind of said, hey, it was not my day. But that, that unit, that always isn't all necessarily like the best gauge of what's going to be there um nashville is such a like a weird new market when it comes to sports like you know titans games like we have a good crowd but if the cowboys come to town if the steelers come to town if the bears come to town you you can pretty much bet you know even still it's going to be a you know 60 40 50 50 type split there so there's a lot of transplants here you know people have moved here in the last couple years since we've grown as a city so i the prices are interesting because, like, I know, like, there's a lot of people that were initially saying, like, oh, they're just pricing out the Nashville fans to get the Messi fans in. I'm like, well, I mean, like, did the Messi fans necessarily have, like, you know, like, $700 more than the Nashville fans? Like, I, I kind of feel like we're exactly, all kind of getting yeah. priced out on this one. Like, so, like, I was, like, thinking, like, my picture of, like, the people that are coming in that wouldn't normally be there are going to be, like, the uh, 
button up businessman who's got like his white Oxford shirt on and throws a pink messy jersey over the top of the Oxford shirt. Let's <laughs> uh, yeah, quite a few of those type of people there, like uh, people with their random kids that they just bought a messy for, jersey for like this week or something like that. I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be like a hardcore messy fan takeover. It'll be like people in a certain class of money who know who Messi is that'll buy Messi jerseys this week and come to the game. So I don't know that it'll Just be like the game. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know that like it'll sway the home advantage towards Miami in that regard. Uh, I also think like I, I've been talking with a, I have a family member who used to kind of dabble in the ticker ticket brokerage game a little bit until he got burned really bad by the Beyonce concert here, probably about five, six, seven years ago that came here, Nissan stadium, our big football stadium. Everybody thought, oh, this is going to be the hottest ticket of the summer, like kind of like what Taylor Swift has been like this year. There wasn't 70,000 people that wanted to see Beyonce in Nashville. So there was a lot of ticket brokers that bought high-priced tickets. And took a loss. Kind of got stuck holding the bag, and it was either do you just take your loss or do you try to like drop the price last minute. So I'll be interested to see what happens come like Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon on the secondary market. Do you know those those things start like I I've looked every once in a while, but like I'm pretty sure Ticketmaster still has like some first run tickets still available. Even like yes, do they do they start dropping those if like the tickets don't go? Because I mean like certain point in time, don't you want to just like get any money you can at the last minute? I guess so. Like it'll yeah. be interesting. Like I, I think they you know this is such an unprecedented thing like a Cup final in Nashville, Messi in a Cup final, the first ever like major leagues Cup final. I know they've done like smaller versions of the tournament in the past, but I, it's almost like I think they just kind of went. We don't know what the demand for this is going to be. Let's set it as high as we can humanly possibly. And if we have to adjust later, we'll adjust later. So, you know, we'll see what happens later in the week. Like I, I was telling my wife earlier tonight, it's like, I, if this was in Miami, if this was in like Los Angeles, if this was in like you uh, make the trip? Vegas, I couldn't right now. I, this is why it's so beneficial that it's in Nashville. Cause like, this is like the busiest time for my like regular job work schedule. There's no way I could leave town this weekend. So it's literally another reason I would never sell this ticket is, the stars aligned in a way they just couldn't possibly have aligned any other way for me at least. So, yeah. But if this was in like a major media market or like a bigger city, it'd be different, but I'll be interested to see if anything uh, changes with those ticket prices as we get closer to game oh, time. Sure. Well, I, I am surprised that the number of people that are into Miami fans that are making the trip and I appreciate them because we appreciate all the Messi fans and all the new MLS fans and we welcome them all. We have a lot of them watching now and we appreciate everybody. But, man, for those of us that have been here since 2019, and I say 2019 because we were buying season tickets a year, you know, the year before the team came into existence officially, man, this feels pretty freaking good. Like the first chance at a trophy after kind of sitting through the nonsense because you guys have had it pretty good. Mm-hmm. You've had a solid team. <laughs> we haven't. So it, it finally feels good to, for this to be paying off, and I'm glad that so many fans – are, are able to make that trip out there because it would really suck if it was like in like so say Seattle. That would probably be a lot more difficult to make mm-hmm. it out there. Oh, maybe yes. even LAFC would have been maybe zip. but Nashville, although still far, some there's people who take taking the road trip. So I'm glad that it didn't well would have preferred it here, but not as bad as it could have been. Yeah. All right. So I, I guess it's time to get into the game. Uh Nashville. Best defense in the regular season, at least. And as far as League's Cup goes, you guys haven't given up too many goals in, in the run of play. Uh, I want to say it's, it's been like, what, two, three in the run of play? Uh, yeah, something like that. Like we had a penalty against Club America. I think Toluca had a penalty against us, too. Uh, Cincinnati, I think, yeah, we've given up an absurd amount of penalties. But, yeah, run of play, though, we've been yeah. pretty decent. Right. And in the regular season, again, you guys have allowed the least amount of goals. So your defense is stout. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody knows um, Zimmerman, but who else on that defense should be should new? Because, again, we have a lot of new uh, viewers and listeners should be we be looking out for and paying attention to. Yeah, so it's uh, one of the most interesting talking points amongst like the national fans going into the game is, um, you know, Joe Willis has been our number one keeper from day one of Nashville SC. Uh he had to step away due to a personal matter before the Minnesota United game. And prior to that, even the two penalty shootouts we had, we brought in our backup keeper, Elliot Paneco, to be kind of the penalty specialist. So, you know, mm-hmm. came in like one of those, like, uh, yeah, yeah. So against uh, Cincinnati and against Club America, brought him in in like the 
90th, seventh minute of both games. Like this is our last, uh, this is the last like kick of the ball because for whatever reason, like, you know, he's the penalty specialist. He's come in, won both of those shootouts. You know, obviously the Club America one was insane, but, you know, he did that. And then Joe had to step away for a personal matter in the Minnesota game. Elliot came in, played really well, had a clean sheet there. Uh, Joe, I think, only got back with the team like right before the day before the um, Monterey game. So we stuck with Panico in that one. He was awesome in that game. Like, I think he had like eight, seven, eight saves, something crazy like that. Another clean sheet. So, uh, you know, you got your tried and true keeper that's been our number one from day one. But, you know, a lot of people are kind of wondering, are we going to stick with the hot hand? Are we going to go with Panico? Because he's been the man in form. You know, he's he's kind of earned it, honestly, the last like, you know, two matches plus the two penalty shootout. So most people kind of think, He's going to stick in there and like, you know, it, it's kind of cool. I'm kind of excited for that if he does, because, you know, Joe's uh, been awesome, but, you know, he's not spring chicken. You know, we're going to we're going to need a new keeper sometime in the next year or two. So it's a good opportunity to like go with the hot hand and also see is this guy look towards the future. Some, yeah. Yeah. Can he be the long term answer once, you know, Joe moves on to the next phase of his life of coaching or whatever you do after that. And he but he's but Panico's been solid, you know, you know, so he but that's still, you know, do we go back to Joe? Do we keep with the hot hand? That's sort of an interesting debate there. Uh, the other one uh, that'll be interesting is our first choice center back alongside Zimmerman, Jack Meyer, got hurt right before the tournament, has kind of been coming back in. He's been coming off the bench late in games, kind of like solidify defense, but we've been playing uh, McNaughton, this dude we got from Toronto FC in a trade earlier this season. And he's been like super solid, like, you know, He's probably what I would, if I was going to cut a MLS defender out of stone, it would be him. Like, he's not a guy who's going to go to Europe and like light the world on fire, but he's exactly what you would want in like an MLS level defender. And he's way too handsome, too. That's another problem. Like, I haven't like let my wife see his picture yet because she's already obsessed with Walker Zimmerman. She calls Walker Zimmerman the handsome man. So I'm like, I'm definitely not showing her this guy, but he's been solid. So, so we got two kind of interesting decisions to make in our starting lineup between those two. But, uh, you know, we've got Shaq Moore, USNT, right back. He's been solid throughout the tournament. Uh, Dan Lovitz has been a staple for us for left back from, you know, day one of the MLS era. So, uh, solid back four. But, I mean, that'll be the interesting point of our defense is who gets the nod at goalkeeper, which one of these center backs pairs with Zimmerman. And when it comes to your defense, I mean, obviously the best in the league so far. I'm assuming you guys play a low block and just kind of wait for the counter. Is that is that more or less the the strategy behind Nashville SC? A little bit. I mean, Gary kind of talked about this in his press conference today, so it was kind of interesting to listen to him kind of talk about it because he kind of gets a bad rap for like parking the bus or whatever you want to say, and he kind of said it. You know, we don't necessarily it's park the bus. We just that, it's that Red Bulls ball. Yeah, he's like, we just we're exactly. just well or we're just well organized, so we don't necessarily like just sit super deep. Uh, he's we, we, we've switched to a diamond midfield about like two or three games in the season. We switched to a diamond midfield. And so it's almost like we use that to kind of congest the middle of the field and kind of break up play before it can get to our defense. Our defense doesn't have to sit so deep because we're trying to break up play before it gets to our defense, break it up in midfield. And then you're like one step closer on the counterattack. So I will definitely be looking to break on the counter. We're definitely going to be looking for Hanny to run in, for Fafa Paco to run in behind with our speed, with our attack in that way. Uh, but it won't necessarily be like uh, like the Atlanta game. I remember watching y'all's game against Atlanta. I was like, I think their center backs might just like backpedal off the field if like they get a chance because they were just like, we are never yeah, going to was... step to the ball. We are never going to do anything. We're going to just keep backpedaling until we run out of field. Well, yeah, and that I... Was, that was a lopsided game. And and one thing that I... I, I mean, in, in, in terms of favoring for you guys... I hope that they don't take Mukhtar and try to stick him close to to Busquets or something like that, uh, mm -hmm. because it's going to be the same mistake that Philly did uh, with Gazdag. I don't know if you were able to pick up the game between Inter Miami and Philly, but they made the critical mistake of playing one of their best midfielders and just sticking him close to uh, to Busquets. Yeah, no, I saw that, and I think uh, their coach even said after the game, "We got too cute. We tried to do something a little different because you know." Yeah which you can kind of understand when you're coming up against like what Miami has been doing, you oh, got to sure. maybe try something different, but at the same time, he was like, you know, maybe if we just played our style of play and tried to do what we normally do, we would have been better off. And I, I suspect that'll be more Gary's style of play. He's a lot more rigid. You don't really see much uh, change in Gary. Like if you see him change anything, it's usually more of a force change than something he wants to do. Like we had a, uh, I'm trying to think of what it came. I think it was like right before the tournament, we played Cincinnati. We had our, uh, players suspended on red card so he switched to a back five just because he was limited in who he had available 
But, you know, if he's got his first choice of players, I think he'll stick to his style of play. I think he'll stick to doing what he wants. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one thing I kind of like about, like, if I think there's one thing we might be able to do well in this game, it's kind of congest the midfield because, you know, Messi's messy. He's going to do what he's going to do. But, I mean, like, what Busquets has been able to do for y'all has been insane. Just, like, I, I think it was the Atlanta game. I, I hate to keep just burying Atlanta. But, like, there was a couple <laughs> times he received, the, he received the ball in midfield. He, like, tried to look to do that quick little look over shoulder. And he was almost like, wait, where is everybody? Why is nobody like stepping me? I'm, I'm just going to sit here all day. Yeah, yeah. So he's just, they, teams have been just letting him ping the ball over the place. Like Robert Taylor looks like the new David Beckham on the other side of Messi. It's like, so I think like our, our diamond midfield with Dax and kind of Anibal Godoy, our, our kind of defensive players in there will be a little tighter on him and maybe try to cut off the pipeline to Messi and the attacking players a little bit more than what some of the other teams have done so far. Like that's kind of my one Thing I look at, I say, like, you know, our defense is going to be good, but there's only so much you can do against Messi. I mean, like, everybody's like, oh, he's exposing MLS. I'm like, he's Messi. <laughs> what do you expect when he's yeah, coming? Yeah, 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 yeah. Expose everybody. <laughs> he was doing that in France also. It was just yeah. like he had Mbappe and Neymar, and there's no other competition. So nobody just thought it was normal. Yeah. And, and that's kind uh, of been what I've been hearing a lot of people say for us is like, you can only do so much against him, but if you can like focus on like trying to limit what everybody else can do. So if you can like be a little tighter on Busquets, if you don't like, forget that Robert Taylor's on the field and just like, let him be over there doing what he's doing. Like, you know, do what you can against Messi, but like try to like, remember there's other players on the field at the same time. Well, I think that that's where Philly messed up. And where I think that you guys mm -hmm. would not mess up is that Philly yeah. went out of their norm to try to kind of, uh, I guess, disrupt the midfield with Busquets, but that's just what you guys do. Like you said, with mm -hmm. that diamond formation, you guys clog up that midfield. So it's not it's out of the norm. Right, it's yeah. natural what you guys are going to do. And you guys, I mean, you might pay a little extra attention to Busquets than you would anybody else, and that's fine. But you're not coming out of your comfort zone. You're kind of accustomed to playing the way where you're kind of just muddying up the midfield. And so I think that plays very well to to your strength in the midfield. And uh, and I'm curious to see how it's out that kind of counters it. So for sure, mm -hmm. that, that's that's interesting. And not, and, um, and, not yeah. and not only that, but, but I mean, look, uh, just for you guys that are in the chat and you guys are listening – Nashville is not a pushover either. They're really good on defense. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule, and aside from the game against Toluca, where you guys lost four to three, uh, and you guys suffered a red card in that game, I mean, you guys have only allowed, uh, you allowed, what is it, one goal to Colorado. You allowed one goal to Cincinnati, where you tied. You allowed two goals to Cl to Club America. You allowed zero against Minnesota, but that's. I think that's a little tainted because Minnesota got a red card on the 30-something yeah. minute. And, you, and they and ran up five yeah. at the time. And they ran up five. So, I mean, at that point, Minnesota was just destroyed. And then you guys gave up zero against Mon Monterrey. So, I think that you guys have an incredible defense. And for you guys that don't know, they do have an incredible defense. But my question is, how good are the wings uh, for Nashville? How good are the wing backs? for nashville are they as solid as maybe the midfield is for you guys so they don't I, I really push up too high yeah yeah w w they get up when they get their chances but uh we play like you know a four four two four back four diamond midfield two forwards um and our fullbacks are decent. Shaq Moore, you know, he'll get up and get some crosses and dan lovitz yes. has a as a great cross when he can get up the field but they're not going to be too involved like I and I think if there's one thing that concerns me it is that kind of area of the field because you mentioned the Toluca game where we gave up four goals uh, yeah. what Toluca did to us was a lot of what I've seen Miami been doing in this tournament where played that quick diagonal ball to the opposite side of the field that quick switch of play and then immediately kind of bring it back inside so like our, Toluca did it over and over again where they play the ball wide we're playing pretty narrow with our like kind of diamond midfield fullback tries to shift out for that cross. And then as soon as the ball gets there, Toluca plays it right back in the middle into that gap where the center mid hasn't checked back yet. The center back doesn't know. Is he the one who's supposed to step into that space? They did it over and over again in the game. And so that's like, to me, the biggest concern I have, I mean, that's the biggest concern. I mean, just let's be honest. That's the biggest concern. Course, but in terms of, of, course, like, of course. tactical play, I've seen Miami do that exact same play over and over, over again. We're like switched to Robert Taylor. He's wide fullback goes wide. Then Messi just kind of like, trickles into that empty space right there in the middle, come right back inside and take apart that. But uh, the Toluca game, it's like hard to like fully gauge because we were playing like our fourth choice center back in that game and our yeah. third choice uh, six in that game. So it wasn't our 
best lineup, but they definitely found the way to kind of take our more compact, narrow defense and find ways to stretch it and then like take those spaces as soon as they stretch it. So like that's the I like our fullbacks, but it's the more can we keep the organization of where if the fullback pulls wide, does the CDM step, does the center back step? Does somebody remember, oh, hey, Lionel Messi is about to kind of trickle into the box on the backside here. Let's let's uh, follow him as well. And, uh, I, and and I want to – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say that um, if, if that's what Monterey took advantage of, I could definitely see us because we tend to build up the left side a lot with Jordi Alba or Robert Taylor. Messi drifts off to the left also. Uh, and we what we found in a lot of the – I want to say the last two games is that the, the right side is just vacant, especially if you guys are playing narrow and you guys kind of push over to the left a little bit. We have Yedlin camping out, just sunbathing out there. We had Kristoff out there just hanging out and playing those log diagonal balls where Joseph, I mean, Joseph got a clean run against Damian Lowe last game. If, I mean, I hope that that, that, that could be something that we take advantage of if, um, if you guys do kind of just play that narrow midfield. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Chris. What was it you were saying? I, I just wanted to bring up a question that Mike V had. I've, I've been keeping it on this screen. So Mike V is saying, is Mukhtar healthy, and how does he feel about coming in second place? I, he's, <laughs> I mean, it, it, he he's healthy. I mean, it's funny. Like, uh, we had uh, the Minnesota game. You guys mentioned that one. We just – once they had the red card, it went away. But, like, we were up 5-0 in the 60th minute. There was, they asked Gary Smith after the game. They're like, hey, you know – uh, this game was pretty much done. Why did why did Hany Mukhtar play the full 90? And Hany Mukhtar said, bad question, bad question. And Gary Smith said, I asked him, can I take you off? And he said, no. So Hany Mukhtar is healthy. He's wanting to go, you know, and I mean, you say, is he ready to be in second place? I mean, he's got more MLS MVP trophies than Lionel Messi. So, I mean, he's he's got he's got what he's got one he's got one thing Lionel Messi doesn't have yet for now. And I, and I want to <laughs> and I want to <laughs> and I want to mention something. Can't really argue quick. that, I guess. Yeah, no, you can't. That's it. Yeah, he just uh, rest in peace. That um, I I do want to mention because Lucho Lalo mentioned here. I'm scared of Mutar too. There's two things that I've mentioned on this show over and over that I'm scared of. We already got over one, which is the dupe song. Okay, that that gives me nightmares. And then the second one, MLS wise, is is Hani Mutar, but somebody else mentions the german guy so like i'm wondering this new guy that you have aka drago right is he is he like he was waiting to come into the game looking like ready to take over the entire game is, is that mr take your girl deal? is that is that is that mr take your girl it, no, he's the new. He's the third one. So there's three, just oh, like these oh, tall. We have three beautiful just men. Tall, you just got beautiful men. Tall, blonde, beautiful blonde, men. Beautiful men. It, it doesn't like, get more Nashville than that. Yeah. So like, uh, he's he's actually British. He looks German as all get out, but he's actually British. Uh, our fan base. I I wish I could credit whoever came up with the first, but it's one of those things where it gets lost in social media of who said it first. But he's been yeah. dubbed Honky Talk Holland since he's like you know in Nashville now and has that kind of blonde, tall striker look to him. Uh, he's been, you know, I, we said it before he came in just kind of jokingly. He's like what Gary Smith would create in a lab if he could build a striker. And it's proven to be true because it's like everything we've seen from like our strikers previously, like CJ Sapong, uh, Teal Bunbury, you could see like they can kind of do these things. Like he wants a tall striker who could hold the play up if we're on the counterattack, feed our fast players coming on the counter and then find their way into the box to get in scoring positions for the kind of poacher goals. Teal and CJ both did that to an extent, but this guy has just been like, you know, and he's only come off the bench in the game so far. He hasn't even started the game so far. He's been like what they've been turned up because he actually can finish more consistently. He's actually more physical. He hasn't turned the ball over as quickly as they have maybe like the best example of why I think he's going to be a big addition for us is it's going to, he can finish things when people suck in on handy. Like if you watch the, goal he scored against Monterey at the start of the second half people put it on social media over and over again Monterey has three defenders and you guys probably have seen this with Messi too just kind of like converging on Mukhtar and he just plays a little flick out to Sam Surridge who's just standing there oh, by no, himself off the left buries the shot finish it which Teal Bunbury CG Spawn probably would have put over the bar but he's able to do the things that those guys tried to do and we're just a step behind doing he's he's another one like you know gary hasn't started him yet you know he's been working his way up to fitness 
it was kind of a funny thing. Like our, our fan base kind of got upset about like, they were like, when he first signed, he signed right at the start of the league's cup. And Gary was like, Oh, you know, he's gone. Need a little bit of time to get up to speed with the, with the team. And all of, all our fans were like, Messi's playing already. He scored like 20 goals. Why can't this guy get on the field? <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. but it's different. Like Sam Surridge was like a backup player for uh, Nottingham Forest in the premier league, not playing at the, you know, national team level. Messi's playing every game for PSG went and played like a handful of, you know, international matches for Argentina right after the end of the season. So it wasn't like Messi had been off for like six months and then showed up and said, right, I can play. Sure. So there was definitely a degree to where, where Sam Surge had not been playing as much soccer lately as Messi had coming in. So, uh, but Gary does tend to do things a little slower in that regard too. Like it's, I always, it drives me crazy. He'll talk about like our injured players where he's like, yeah, he's back in training. And I think, you know, we could, he could be involved in the team this weekend. I'm like, he's out for three more months, whoever he's talking about. It's like, so, <laughs> So I hope Sam starts because he definitely brings, you know, what we've been looking for in a striker. He definitely takes pressure off Hanny, gives Hanny more space and can take advantage when people crowd Hanny. Uh, but I, I'm not so sure that Gary's going to, you know, go to him yet. But I hope he does. I really hope he does. Cause I think he brings a different dynamic to us in that regard. Well, you guys have an ex-premier player that's a hottie. And we also have an ex-premier player in Campana who's also a hottie. So mm-hmm. that... The battle will be the battle will be seen this Saturday. Yep, they got three hotties. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, but I'm talking about strictly premier, nah. ex premier player hotties. So it's true. And ours has nah. longer hair, so I think we're gonna win. Uh, it's an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you said the strength of Nashville outside of Mukhtar is the midfield. So, as if you were t- talking to us and we were you were telling us. Or are you talking to Tata? I'm going to help you beat Nashville. This is our weakness. This is what you should exploit. What would be that weakness? It depends on who we select. Because like it, it's felt like there's a couple players like who, like last game, we went a little bit more defensive with our midfield four. We played uh, Alex Moyle, Godoy, uh, Dax McCarty. And Moyle, like, I, I kind of was like, I think he's the trigger for Monterey's press. Because it felt like every time he got on the ball, they jumped a little bit quicker to press him than they did the other players. Um, Cause he he's good. He's one of those players like he'll run till his legs fall off, but he's not, you know, the best, like most crisp player on the ball. You know, he's, he's one of those bulldog type players where he's going to run his, himself on the ground. He'll grind it out, but he's not, you know, the most technically sound player in the world. So like he, he, if that's the same case with Miami, he might be the one if he's in jumping him a little bit. Dax has been really good for us. Like we, like we've dubbed it the Dax, the Dax Assance where he's kind of come back and, been on his best performances in a while in this tournament, but you know, he's still a 36 year old center midfielder, you know, the legs can only do so much. So, you know, that's another one where if you can get a little pressure on him and find the chance to like, maybe put a little more pressure on him than some other teams have. I think that's where he's succeeded so far in this tournament is like, he hasn't been pressed a lot. He's been able to kind of float, find the spaces, make some passes. So I think we do have mistakes in us. If you press us quick enough, you find the right spots to press us. That would be, my best thing is, but but the other thing, like I said earlier with Toluca, what Toluca did so well against us is just getting us out of what we want to do, spread us out, because we want to play compact. So if you can make us go wide, if you can spread us out and then quickly come back into those spaces you're opening up, that's where we're the weakest is where once we spread out and don't cover the spaces correctly. And I, I think Miami has done a pretty good job. I mean, obviously we have a lot more tactical players, so we we – we will hold possession 80% of the game. We have no problem. If, if you want to play that that uh, kind of just laid back, I know you say you don't quality park the bus, but if you just kind of just want to play that relaxed, we'll pass it from left to right. Kristoff mm-hmm. and Kamal Miller will end up with a thousand passes this game, and they don't have they don't problem no problem for them. They'll figure out an opportunity and then they'll take advantage. And we have no problems working it wide with uh, Yedlin, Jordi Alba, obviously constantly walking up that left side. So I definitely see that. Um, okay, so there goes that. And I did have a question because I was curious. What kind of weather could we be expecting on Saturday? Because somebody told me that you could expect low 60s. And I was like, it's August. Uh, I don't think it's going to be low 60s during the match. That might be like the low like that's going to be hitting like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. But we this week has been like what we kind of call up here like false fall where we've had like high in the low to mid 80s been a really nice really pleasant week like honestly game time saturday probably going to be super nice probably going to be as ideal of conditions as you could want for um so it's been false ball because it's one of the we always hit this like in late august where it's like oh the weather's turning we feel good and then next week 
uh, here, the forecast for next week is like all high 90s. So it's like one of those weird oh, okay. things where it's like, yeah, you we have like a this weird... close to buying a house in Nashville. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it, it's one of those weird ones where it's like there's like uh, spring and fall are awesome. Summer, it's way too hot and humid. Winter's like kind of a mixed bag. So it's 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 a it's a it's a weird thing. But like it, this week has been nice. And Saturday, I think, is still supposed to be pretty in that nice range. I think Sunday is when it's supposed to start cranking back up heat wise. So Saturday night at Jodas Park, it's probably going to feel pretty good. Oh yeah, because they they started saying low sixties. Like, am I gonna have to take a jacket? Like, what what's going on here? I, it's it's August. Well, I mean, for, right. coming from Miami, I, it's one of those things, you know. Like, I I I go down to Orlando, go to the theme parks down there a lot, and it's like I always see people walking around in jeans, and I'm like, and you, you must be a local, yeah. I'm like, you must be a local because it is like blazing <laughs> hot to me, but you're like walking around in jeans like you're comfortable. So it is di- different strokes for different folks. Like, what well, you get used to your own climate, so it can be different. For yeah. sure. All right. Well, if the chat, we're, we're reaching an end. So if the chat has any questions for Matt, go ahead and, and ask them now. Uh, well, in the I meantime, was... in the meantime, I guess, because we didn't cover this just real quickly. Well, Matt, before Danny and I talk a little bit about it, did you get a chance to see the press conference with Messi? I did not. I was bogged down with work all day today. I saw some like funny memes. I actually saw memes where people were like putting like false quotes on the top of it. Like I saw one, like somebody from Nashville, SC posted like him saying like, I came to MLS because I wanted to challenge myself against the best in the world. I wanted to go head to head with Hani Mukhtar. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't think he said that. <laughs> so I yeah, saw me I, <laughs> I saw memes. I didn't see the actual press conference. But like, yeah, I, I heard that he was like very, you know, praiseworthy of MLS and like talked well about like why he came here and stuff like that. Well, and and I think the organization, Danny, I was gonna mention this to you because a lot of it was in, in Spanish and I was able to, you know, understand it pretty, pretty smoothly, but a lot of other people uh, that are supporters of the team, they weren't able to understand it as well. But I think that they're going to work on getting a, some sort of caption on there. Uh, what What were your thoughts on the on the messy press conference? Not to slow the show down, Danny, but just to cover it a little bit before we move on to the predictions. Uh, just well, I mean, I, I feel like there was two major things that came out of it. One, people were complaining that they couldn't understand it if they didn't speak Spanish, yeah. which I understand, right? I, I get that. Um, and two. That he said that he's okay playing on turf, which I don't believe. Which he didn't really say that he's okay with playing on turf. He just said, I've had experience when I was younger playing on turf. I'll adjust accordingly. That's what he said. He didn't even answer the question with an answer. He just basically said, yeah, I've done it before. And if I have to, I'll do it again. But like, he didn't really come out and say, yes, I will be playing on turf. That did not happen. The Apple TV executives were off camera like, Waving a stack of bills and going, you will play on turf. You yeah. will play on turf. <laughs> nah, he's not. I, I think the only chance that he plays on turf this season, at least, is that Charlotte game. Charlotte, the last, Charlotte, that's that, it. It's the last game of the year, and it could be a win and end kind of scenario. And in that case, maybe he kind of just, you know, takes the the chance. But and let me tell you, if he if he had decided, I'm never playing on turf. He's not gonna come on and say it, like. He's not going to ruin yeah, the MLS not. sales. He's not going to ruin the Apple TV uh, viewerships yeah. leading up to the game, the promotions. Like He's not going to say he's not going to play ever on turf. He's not going to say it. He says, oh, if it happens, it happens. But he's, he, I, I can't imagine him playing it unless it's a very important game. Like I said, that last game against Charlotte, possibly. But no chance he plays in Atlanta. Zero. And, and, uh, and Guillermo's mentioning something about Wentz Tata's press conference. He's on every week. Just check the Inter-Miami uh, CF uh, YouTube, whatever, and you'll be able to go ahead and, and check it out. Listen, I, I'm, I'm with you, Danny. I don't think he's going to play in Atlanta. I think uh, mm-hmm. everybody is going to have to eat hay over in Atlanta. Sorry, but not sorry. You're not going to be able to sell your tickets for a gajillion dollars. Um, but for sure, I could see him playing playing at the end of the season for sure. Yeah, and we're gonna save this one for later, just so that way you can be able to fester up some sort of answer later on, Mad. I have, yeah, I have a a couple questions for 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 Mad actually, because I'm gonna be in Nashville, so I need a I need I need a couple questions answered before I head over there. All right, Uh, predictions. We uh, we'll start with you, Mad. First final for both of us. Your defense is obviously very good. Our offense sucked. We've had 22 goals in 22 games coming into the tournament. Once Messi shows up, all of a sudden we have 21 in six games. So great offense, great defense, home field. I don't know if it's home field advantage, but home field. 
How are you feeling for Saturday night? It's one of those things like it's uh, it's hard to predict that somebody's going to like beat the dominant team in the tournament until somebody does it. So it's like, of course, I I, I would I think we'll probably from a, an attack perspective be able to do a little bit more than maybe some of the teams did because like you guys mentioned, like Philadelphia took their best attacker out of the game basically trying to like do something like that. And I think we won't do that. I think we'll still try to make handy on the counterattack go try to think Fafa go, um, but it, it, until somebody can slow down Messi. You know, I'm not going to predict it's going to happen until we see it happen. So, I mean, Richard just said it. I would go exactly what Richard Greenberg just said. I'd go 3-2 Miami because I think both teams will score. I think it'll be wide open game because, I, like I said, I think they'll be able to stretch us a little bit, but I think we'll find ways to get in behind their defense too. But 3-2 uh, sounds like the right score to me. Chris, what are you thinking? You know, I was – I was everybody's here mentioning the four because, I mean, it's obvious. Like we mentioned before, Danny, the 4-4-4, four, 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 the Rick Flair. Fours? Right. Uh, Rick Flair, Rick Flair is representing this time. But um, listen, Nashville is like I said, it's Nashville is not a pushover. They have a great defense. Oh, that is great. Oh, look at that. For dude. those of you guys that are wrestling fans, look at what Mad is holding up. That is it's poster, great. It's the poster from Rick Flair's last match at Municipal Auditorium. Oh, that, that is that's golden. I don't know why he did that. He should have just left it in Orlando. WrestleMania 24 is where it should have ended. No doubt. No doubt. He was, it was not great here. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you were there? <laughs> yeah, oh, it was here at uh, the Municipal Auditorium. It was like uh, last summer when SummerSlam was here. They did like it as like a kind of offshoot venue for it. And he was, uh, he was, he was not in great shape. Let's just put it that no, way. So. No, no, I know. That, I know. The, 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 the Shawn Michaels, I love you. I'm sorry. That should have been the end. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That should have. That should have. So, okay, cool. uh, proceeding to proceeding to the prediction, I I don't see us scoring four goals. I mean, it, it definitely is possible, right? I mean, we're we our offense is. I didn't changed. see it against Philly either. Well, but the thing is, Danny, that like this offense is tough, man, and and for me to say that it's not going to be four goals, I mean, I'm I'm stretching a little bit. It's definitely possible. I think the same outcome. It's going to be 3-2. Miami takes it. I think it's going to be in regular time. I don't think it's going to be penalties. Um, and, yeah, I mean, look, Nashville has only allowed two goals for every game except for Toluca. You know, you, you, can't, you can't be able to look at that and say, well, Inter-Miami is going to blow them out of the water. That's, I, I, I don't see that. I would love to see... Uh... Uh, Miami Dallas type game, right? Because those, those are fun games to watch, right? You're constantly celebrating, yes. you know, it, it's just up very and down, exciting. Up and down. But I don't see that. I actually see a very, and I know people criticize me when I say boring game, right? When it's tactical, I get it, tactical. But I'm just saying, like, compared to what we've seen so far this, this tournament, because this tournament's been pretty crazy, I predict a very kind of slow paced, boring game. I really do think Nashville is just going to accept all, like, come on, bring it on. And we're going to try to get you to force over the ball. And Miami's going to be like, if you're going to let us hold the ball, we'll hold the ball. And they're just going to be passing it back and forth until they see an opportunity. So I do think that Miami's going to hold the high percentage of the, of the, of the possession. They're going to be passing it around. Uh, we're not going to turn the ball over as easy as other teams because obviously we have very tactical players in our midfield now with Busquets. We have Jordi Alba down on the left side, Messi, obviously. I, I, I think it's going to be... A two-one game, uh, and I, yeah, yeah, and I, I and I'm you're sure gonna get a lot going, of shade in the chat right now. I mean, that is I, brutal. I think so, look, everybody, look how a lot of people are saying three because they're scared to say four, but then they're like, ah, but man, it, it, you know, we look pretty good, so they're saying. Three but you're doing two, bro, because I, I, it's not and because one we for Nashville. Are you drunk? They're they're. They're going to allow us to hold the ball. It's not because we're not trying. It's because we're going to be patient. It's, yeah. We're not going to be pressing the issue. That. That's what I think. I think it's going to be very similar to uh, – remember that boring game against Charlotte? Yes. We had like four opportunities and we scored on all four, but it was, it was, it was boring as hell. Yeah, because we just kind of just kept passing within ourselves, and it's like, when the hell did we even score? Like it was just like a such a random four-all win. But I, th I think that that's what's going to happen. I respect Nashville's defense. And if it wasn't for us beating Philly when I thought that Philly had a good chance to beat us, I might even 
not even feel that confident about winning this game. But because we did beat Philly, I think that we could beat uh, Nashville also. And I, I'm I'm predicting a 2-1 win. And Banny, Banny Grissom is saying if Nashville is as good as they sound – that's a realistic scoreline. You got to understand something, Matt. A lot of these, a lot of the, a lot of the fans that are watching, they don't know too much about the MLS. So to them, Nashville is like what Nashville. Guys, do yourself a favor. Just watch a couple highlights of them, and you'll understand and, exactly what we're talking about. And to be clear, they have the reigning MVP. Did Zimmerman win win a uh, Defensive Player of the Year? It wasn't last year. He didn't last year, but he won it the first two years right. he was here in Nashville. So, so I think he, I think he won it once before that in LAFC. So he's he's a I'm pretty sure he's a three time defensive player of the year for MLS. He, which I mean, he, yeah, no, but that that's 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 good stuff. Like people need to understand that Nashville isn't a a pushover. Nashville is a legit contender. There's a reason why they were the ones that beat Cincinnati. They beat Club America, which a lot of people thought might make it to the final. They beat Monterey, where everybody thought might make it to the final also. Like, Nashville isn't a pushover. I think this is going to be a very difficult game. But all, all with all that said, if I would have, before the game happened between Philadelphia, if I would have said who was a, a harder, comp, a more difficult game, I would have said Philadelphia. Yeah. I would have said, if I had to choose, I'd rather choose Nashville than Philadelphia. I thought Philadelphia was a well-oiled machine from top to bottom. So because we were able to beat them four to one, I know they got out of their gameplay, uh, their their usual game plans or whatnot. So obviously that that goes into it. But because of that, I just can't see us losing. I really don't. I, I think that 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 six park apple series that's doing for Messi for the least cup. I think it ends with him holding up the trophy. That's going to be the sixth episode. That's how it ends. And and I mean that's just how I see it. I, I think that I can't imagine us losing. And, I, and not because I never predicted Inter Miami to lose, because I thought, well, hopefully we don't lose to Orlando because that's a pretty good squad. Hopefully we don't lose to Philly. because But this game, I just can't see it, man. I don't see us losing. Hopefully I don't eat my words. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to be there for it. So I really want to see them win their first trophy ever. Otherwise, I wouldn't make that trip. But I, I just can't see us losing. Uh, Matt, I saw your face there. It looked like you were getting ready to put the tinfoil hat on. Because a lot of guys think that the fix is in here. So I, I don't get that way just because I, I definitely, if a lot of times in sports, storylines play out a certain way. Like it's, the, I think, a Ray, minute Ray Lewis. podcast. Yeah. They talk about the script writers are on point on this. And like, uh, I actually, World Cup last year, I bet Argentina on a future bet to win it purely because I was like, what would Qatar want more than anything else for the, culminating moment of their special tournament than Lionel Messi lifting the World Cup. So I was like, I'm going to put a bet on Argentina. Now, nothing in the tournament made me think that it went that way or was rigged or anything like that. But I was like, it's, you see certain things play out that way. And you mentioned it's like it, there's definitely like historical storylines that play out this way. Like we in Nashville have been on the front end of being accused of rigging things for like the last like week. So I definitely <laughs> am not going to come out and accuse anybody of rigging things because if you're going to accuse somebody of rigging things, why would anybody rig Nashville to make it to the final over Club America? Club yeah, America Club versus Miami. That would Club have been America. Huge. You'd look at what the ticket prices are for a match in Nashville. If it was Club America versus Miami in Miami, it, Drake would have been the only person in the stadium because nobody else could have afforded to go. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to find this comment. Somebody commented it a little bit well, earlier. Well, while you look for but, that, I do have a question for him. Inter Miami played against the dirtiest player in the league, Jose Martinez, uh, this past week. I don't care what anybody says to me; he's the dirtiest player in the league by far. Do you guys have an asshole on your team? I don't think we have anybody that's like uh, that. I would say or a goon. dirty. A goon. Who's really, a like, goon? We, don't, we don't have anybody that's like uh, dirty or like a goon. We have players that'll get under your skin. Like Dax, Dax can be a little like a. Uh, oh, I hate chip. Dax. Chip at your heels a little bit. He, he's not gonna like you know put his studs in your like you know knee or anything like that. But he'll he'll be a little tight to you. He'll he'll kick your heels a little bit. You know. Uh, I've hated him since his Red Bull days. I can't stand that kid. Fapo Bacot, he's old. Fapo will be very aggressive. You know he he'll he'll like get on top. We got players like that that'll be like really kind of they'll get on your heels. They'll kick you a little bit. But like we don't have anybody that's like you know you know obviously you always put on your tinted glasses when you're talking about your own team but yeah, we don't have any, i don't think we have anybody that's like i would classify as like a dirty player or like a goon or anything like that but we definitely have a little players that uh 
maybe like pull a little bit of the dark arts of the game sometimes and like a little bit a little extra kick after the play or a little extra kick on the heel when they're putting pressure well, on the back things like Dax. that so yeah Dax, Dax, Dax is Dax has always Dax. annoyed me yeah I, th- I think like as a uh fellow uh slower white soccer player myself i, I think that's what <laughs> guys like me and Dax have to do a little bit of that when we play i get it and i respect it because i i play defense when i play soccer also and i am one of those guys that tries to get under everybody's skin but okay. when you're playing on the opposing yes, team are. f you you know yeah exactly exactly i respect it but f you anyway yeah all right uh chris you said did you find uh what you were looking for well, no, I didn't find it, but let's just I want to I want to ask this question here. So cuz we got a lot of our fans, Danny's going to be going over to Nashville. Everybody wants to know uh which barbecue place is better than Peg Leg Porker, which that place by mm. the name sounds phenomenal. I wouldn't I, go I, anywhere else other than Peg Leg Porker. Um just just before you answer that, after I mean two-part question. You can answer this one and I'm going to show up Saturday morning. And I leave Sunday morning, like really early. So I'm, I'll be there just for a couple hours. What should I do or what spots should I hit before I head to the stadium? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I'll, I'll go barbecue first. So, man, I, I got a few. I, I don't know if I can narrow it down to one. I actually worked at this place called uh, Jim and Nick's Barbecue when I was a younger man. And it, it's more of like a southeastern one. Like I think they, they're based out of Alabama, but they've kind of grown up in Nashville and the Carolina, stuff like that. They're very good. In terms of ones that started here, probably Pegley Porker is up there, but the next one that is probably like the local one is Martin's Barbecue. Uh, they've got a few locations. They've got one right up from uh, downtown Nashville. They got a few around town. They got one over in the Belmont area. Uh, they were like a hole in the wall barbecue place back in the day when I was working at Jim and Nick's, and their owner got to be friends with the guy who ran Jim and Nick's, and he invited us over. We'd go, we eat wings straight off the smoker there. I was like, this is like the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. And then suddenly they blew up and now they've got like 10 or 12 locations. So like Martin's probably gets a slight edge for me in terms of them. But I like Jim and Nick's. Edley's is a newer one that's pretty good. It's a, it's on the spicier side. So if you like spicy, it tends to be a little spicier. So if like you like nah, spicy. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a baby. I, I'd go Martin's. I'd, I'd go Martin's. Martin's is like, you know, straight down the middle barbecue. And they've got different sauces too. They've got a Carolina sauce. They've got an Alabama white. They've got like a mustard based sauce. So they've got a little bit of everything. They're, they're right up there with Jim and Nick's in terms of my favorites in terms of, uh, in terms of what to do. Like that's, I think the one thing our stadium still needs is we don't have like a full developed area around the stadium. So like, you kind of got to go out and to other areas oh, okay. of downtown and stuff like that. So like, if you've never been here, like I, I never. don't like, I don't like Broadway. I'm a, but that's a local thing. Like I liked Broadway when I was like 20 something and it wasn't what it is now, but it's, it's an experience. It's kind of like, you know, any, any local is going to tell you not to go to like whatever the hot spot is in their town. Like my wife's from New York. My wife's from New York. Don't go to New Times York. Square. Yeah. My wife's from New York. And like, I always joke with her. I'm like, well, we got to go to Statue of Liberty. We got to go to Times Square. She's like, no, I'm going like, to take She's like, I'm going to take you to Joe's. We're going to get a slice of pie there. And then we're going to go to like uh, the Robbie's Tavern over in, uh, yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I want to go to Times Square. So like, but it is an experience. If you've never been there, it, it is a trip just seeing it. Cause like when I was like 20 and like nobody was in downtown, like I went like the reason somebody, I think somebody in the chat asked, why do we bump this? I went to AEW wrestling at the arena downtown here in Nashville last night. And that, it still catches me off guard. Like I went, it was a Wednesday night. I'm like, downtown was bumping like on Broadway, like on a Wednesday freaking night. It was like, this, this is not how Nashville used to be. It's like Wednesday used to be like, oh, church night. We all go to church on Wednesday night and everybody does their thing. But I know Mo. Yeah, now seven days a week, Broadway's bumping. So it's it's worth going as a first-timer just for the experience. And there's just nonstop bars, honky-tonks. So there's like no one specific place, but you can just walk down it. It's kind of like walking down the Strip in Vegas, walking down Bourbon okay. Street, walking down Beale Street, where you just do it for the experience. It's you may enjoy it. It may like be your scene. You may be like, this is the best place I've ever been to. But it's like, it's like I said, it's like one of those things where like locals have kind of started to move away from it. But like, you, you got to do it once for the experience, at least. Is it, is there anything like that, that, that one road in Gatlinburg where like, there's just a bunch of bars and restaurants and stuff like that? It's, it's like all bars and restaurants, but it's more like honky tonks, like with like live music and stuff like that. Okay, it's so not maybe, like- maybe that's where the disconnect is. I have no idea what a honky tonk is. Okay. So honky tonk is like a bar where, uh, there's some random local guy on the stage who's playing all the country music songs you've ever heard uh, in your life. So he's doing all gotcha. the George Strait, Garth Brooks, Toby Keith ah, covers, and like, I'm but and there's that. 
they're it's a whole strip of them every single one of them like they got the windows open so you can hear what song's being played you hear a song you like just cut right into that one and that's the one you're going to hang out in for a bit get a beer there go to the next one but it, it's not like gatlinburg and that there's not as like uh gatlinburg's like very touristy now like it's like there's all like the airbrush t-shirt shops and the get your like old-timey photo yeah. picture made shops like stuff like that right. so it's it, it's all like bars restaurants straight up so it's more like uh more like a bourbon street or a bill street where it's just like all bars and restaurants going down cool. the street now so i had never heard it, the only time i had heard honky tonk was the honky tonk man honestly i had never heard that before i didn't know it was like an actual thing yeah yeah it's, it's a so i think it's the best way to describe it is it's a bar where somebody's going to be playing bad versions of country music that but it's songs you know you'll you'll sit in there you have a few beers and be like oh man play some trisha yearwood let's go and and somebody somebody had mentioned in the chat from for us Argentinians this channel talking about Messi and now barbecue is perfect. <laughs> yes, it is. You're, yeah. you're, you're not right. getting anything better now. Right. Somebody had mentioned for beef ribs. Do you do, do those places serve beef ribs as well? I would say they're mostly going to be pork ribs. I don't I don't think we get a lot of beef ribs here. I think with with the Tennessee barbecue, it's going to be mostly pork ribs. Okay. And uh, got, for those of you listening and we're wondering why we're breaking down Nashville barbecue, there's a lot of La Familia going up to uh, to Nashville this weekend, and we know a lot of La Familia watches this show, so we're trying to inform everybody so you can know what spots to hit. And Maybe Matt down... will take you to the wrong places because he doesn't want to, you guys going to the right places, but we got to take him at his word. And Dude, I'll I all the places down in the comments. I'll tell you, like, if I go downtown, my actual place that I go to is Printer's Alley, not Broadway. I go to Printer's Alley. It's this little, like, strip it used to have like this terrible strip club called the brass stables i think it's gone now we used to go there and just like laugh at the girls because they were not the prettiest um, we got we got a couple down here like that uh-huh. yeah but it's got like karaoke bars it's got it's got a bar it's got a it's actually got one of our uh kind of english pubs where people go to watch soccer it's got this little underground bar called fleet street um but it's kind of up the street from broadway and around the corner but printer's alley would be my that'd be my actual representation that's where i go if i have to go to downtown nashville i go to printer's alley but Broadway, just for the experience of it all, is also worth it for a one-time thing. Nice. Now you guys have heard. So if you're heading up to Nashville, you know what spots to hit. Miss Kelly's. That's a karaoke bar. It's the best place in the world. I've been kicked out of there way too many times. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like to hear. All right. Um, Anything else, Chris, or any other questions from the chat? Well, I mean, nothing's coming in from the chat. Oh, well, uh, other some people were mentioning your the poster behind you, the Spider-Man poster. A lot of guys love the the poster, man. Yeah, I got Spider-Man here. Little Nashville SC from one of our home matches there. Little Batman nice. over there. I got a little bit of everything here. Try to keep it interesting here. Little comics, little sports, a little bit of everything. So go make sure that you're following Uncle Mad's uh, uh, YouTube channel. So Uncle Mad, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, it's uh, Uncle Mad on YouTube. I've got Twitter, X, whatever it's called now. I think there's an underscore between Uncle and Mad on that one. Uh, Instagram, same thing. I think it's Uncle underscore Mad. Two Ds, that's the difference is two Ds on there because I got the, I don't know if I've ever told you guys. I don't know if I told you guys the first time I was on. The way I got the nickname Mad, you used to call me, like, my name's Matt. So I, my friends certain times started to call me Mad Matt because, you know, not always the most calm. I'm not, I've been good on y'all's shows, but I don't know. Very I don't passionate. Always, yeah, I haven't always had the most uh, – my demeanor gets a little out of control sometimes. And so my friends used to actually call me like Mad Matt, and they joke like how many Ds were on the Mad based on how angry I was about whatever was happening at the given time. So somewhere along the way, it was just like – I think like my nephew was mispronouncing my name or something like that. was calling me like Uncle Mad and said Uncle Mad. I was like, well, I've been called Mad before. This makes sense. And so I just went with that. So, yeah. But, yeah, Uncle Mad on all social media, Uncle Mad on YouTube. Yeah, and I, I know you talk about a lot of things. You were at the AEW thing last night. I'm a big wrestling fan, so all that other good stuff. So make sure that you're following Uncle Matt. And as always, thank you for taking the time to join us, man. It was really, it was really fun chopping it up with you. Uh, hopefully, we beat you guys on Saturday. But regardless, we're all it's going to be a good time because it's the first final for both of us. So yep. everybody's out there having a good time. Any final thoughts, Chris? No, man. It's like what Uncle Matt just said. Give him a follow. Check out his stuff. He's great. Uh, especially in the world of Disney, if you guys are interested in that as well, um, you know, give us a give us a like and subscribe, guys. It costs nothing. Just throw that thumb up and down like you usually do with your text and stuff. Like and subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. And it's gonna be a big game, Danny. Saturday night, 
Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I can't wait. It's, it's going to be a good time. And hopefully we get, like, man, making a long trip like that, that flight back, if we lose, is going to be rough. Uh, it, Uncle Matt, are you a Titans fan? Yep. yep uh, oh, okay. Show you this. I got another little background thing I can show you here. This is uh, this is me from the COVID season when they put oh. fan cutout stands, and so I got to keep this. From I got here. one of those for Inter Miami. Yep, yep. Uh, the 2020 football season. They're like, you can't come to yeah. the first couple of games, but if you want to be there, we'll make a cardboard cutout of you. So, yeah, yeah. Me and my me and my dad have had season tickets uh, since they. Uh, since they were the Tennessee Oilers playing at Vanderbilt, that, that was our first season going there. We've had them ever since. So yeah, uh, big Titans fan. Uh, my family actually like it was funny. Like uh, my family was like, "Hey, y'all want to come over? We'll cook steaks, watch the Titans preseason game Saturday night." And this was like Monday, and I was like, "I might have other obligations Saturday. I'll get back to you." <laughs> just, just yeah, just a little bit. All right. Um, so again, thank you, Uncle Matt, for joining us. As always, you are awesome. Hopefully, everybody can go ahead and give him a follow, whether it be on Twitter, YouTube, and all his platforms. As he, he's an awesome follow, uh, and he does look like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I agree. Uh, if you are listening to audio, thank you for listening all the way to the end. It's much appreciated. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, all that other good stuff. And if you're listening on YouTube, or sorry, watching on YouTube, and you watched all the way to the end, we appreciate you watching all the way to the end. And as always. For those of you that are a part of the comment section in the chat, we appreciate you guys. You guys make this show what it is. You are the best part of the show by far, so we appreciate you. Uncle Mad, thank you again. Chris, as always, I hate you. And if you guys are heading up to Nashville, I look forward to seeing all of you guys out there, and hopefully we're celebrating uh, Messi's first trophy. Uh, Chris was telling me to make videos and like post them and stuff. I'm, I'm not really that guy. Uh, if it's a set piece, maybe. But other than that, I, I kind of just enjoy the game. But if I do put up videos, I'll probably put it up on our Instagram because it's a lot easier to just hit that little button real quick and then just let it go. So that's a that's a, that's a that's a no win thing because you know I post my game videos and I get comments all the time like, "How come you didn't post the goal?" I'm like, "I'm watching the game. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't I, just sit there I, on video in the whole game." I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I, I mean, uh, I, I if it's a set piece, I, and if you if you ever look on the channel. There's a couple of shorts where like I have like, oh, is a set piece. Oh, I just put on my phone and record it for a second. But other than that, I'm just enjoying the game. So it's kind of hard. So, but maybe before the game, after the game, maybe the trophy translation. Like I said, on Instagram is probably where you're gonna see those on Battered Miami fans uh, on Instagram. But as always, thank you guys for listening. Like and subscribe, all that other good stuff if you haven't already. And uh I think Chris is gonna be going on after the game. Yes, yes, I will be. And I, I might join here or there, maybe from the stadium. I don't know. We'll see if I'm sober. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll work it out. We'll work something out. But uh, regardless, the, the channel, Chris will be here on Saturday after the game. So make sure you tune in live then. And uh, until the next one, have a good one.